Traveling the Vortex. Doctor as she travels the vortex and arrive at episode 519. That's the trouble with history. It's never anything like the books. Same with Stephen King movies. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Happy Easter Sunday and Doctor Who Day. Yeah. Although now we're recording the day after, but. Happy Easter Monday and post Doctor <laughs> Who Day. <laughs> Thank you to you too. Easter Monday. Well, Easter Monday should be, be a thing. I be, like it. Well, because I believe, if I understand correctly, the Orthodox calendar today would technically be Easter. I believe the Eastern Orthodox Christian Church celebrates Easter on this day, and it's usually always the day after. And I think it has something to do because Easter follows the Jewish calendar and is always the end of the week of Passover. And the Eastern Orthodox, I'm going to get into stuff that I don't really understand, but somehow their calendar is slightly different than the calendar that we use, the Julian calendar we use. And then the royal family did this thing, and yeah. Anyway, so t- technically, it's somebody's Easter today. See, there you go. <laughs> you guys... Happy Easter to whomever that is. <laughs> Did you guys do anything this week? We anything anything worth mentioning, I suppose. Oh, no, that's worth mentioning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we put an offer in, and after some countering back and forth, they accepted, so we should be closing May 16th. All right. Yay. Yeah. Well, this won't mean anything to anybody that doesn't live around here, but where is it located? 20th in Medford. Oh, okay. Not too far from where you guys are at now. No, just a little further south. South, mostly. And, south and a little bit west, right? Yeah, yeah. A little nicer of a neighborhood. Nice corner lot that's almost a quarter of an acre. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty big. You can get, nice you get your riding mower? I don't think I need it. Oh, I don't okay. Know. We'll see. <laughs> the way it's structured with the fence and everything, I don't know. It'd be... A lot of long strips, so oh, it yeah. not be too bad. Now taking bets on whether or not Keith gets a riding lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, my mom's boyfriend had one that she was like, you want this for your yard? Her house doesn't really warrant it, so maybe I'll just get that one. There you go. Well, congratulations. I'm very excited. Thank you. That's awesome news. Yeah, we're pretty excited. I just got a finger crossed that everything goes according to plan from here on out. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Did you watch anything this week? We did. We found out before the new, the uh, podcast that we're not not all caught up on Moon Knight, so I guess we can't talk too much about that. You guys can talk in vagities about it. In vagities. <laughs> vagities. Well, it's really good. <laughs> it's not me for a change. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and really, it's gonna. I don't know when I'm even gonna get to it, so you guys can spoil it. And I probably won't remember. You it. wouldn't remember anyway. Huh? No, it's really I'm good. I, 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 I thoroughly like, uh, especially uh, Oscar Isaac's performance. It's really, really well done. And I, it continues I to really be. I enjoy the way it's shot. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. It's beautifully shot. It's, it's, it's very cool with, there's a lot of, you know, because of his multiple personality dealing with this other thing that's in him, you know, him talking in mirrors and just how they've got it set up. It's, it's really, really cool. I also think they've done a really good job of, I mean, dissociative uh, identity disorder. I mean, that's a real condition for some people. And I think that they're handling it really well without, you know, 
without exploiting the idea of it. And I think it helps that I, I think I read that they've got a mental health specialist uh, consulting on the stories for them. So it's pretty neat. And I mean, it's and, and I like that the, the mystery is continuing and, and we're getting just enough unlocking of what's going on and what's happening as we go. Because sometimes it feels like, OK, we should know more by now. I mean, we're th- we're halfway through this series and we don't know much. But with this one, I feel like we've gotten the right dose of everything all the yeah. way up until this point. Thoroughly enjoyable. Mason and I watched uh, X-Men Last Stand because we are working our way through the X-Men films. He hasn't seen those. And so we wanted to try to get at least the ones with a certain actor out of the way before we saw uh, <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. Um, and he, he actually, he liked it. He liked it. Um, I think he felt that, I think he still thinks the second one was better. Um, but it, he, should. he surprisingly enjoyed this one a, a, as much or more than the first one. So hmm. it's kind of a train wreck, but I think it gets, get, I think it gets a worse rap than it deserves. Yeah. It, I don't even, there. I wouldn't even consider it a train wreck. I just think it was, I think there's some, there was some misjudgment in certain choices, but overall, I think the story still pretty much stands pretty well i mean they, a lot of people are upset that they don't treat the the phoenix saga the way they've never treated the phoenix saga the way the phoenix saga needs to be treated but the biggest problem x3 has is honestly that it's following x2 yeah yeah it's hard I mean, to follow as, that one as an action flick it's it's a fine little x-men action movie it's just it's not a satisfying conclusion to where x2 left off yeah yeah well we had uh uh, a date night of sorts. We uh, had planned to go out and catch everything everywhere all at once, which I'm dying to actually see. Um, uh, as, as you know, I'm on Letterboxd, which is this uh, wonderful uh, social media site for movies, and they uh, allow you to rank films. And as of since the inception of Letterboxd in their history, they've only had three films that have held the top ranking. Uh, in regards of uh, you know, narrative film for uh, how well they've been uh, been ranked among the, the denizens of the, of the site. There has been The Godfather, Parasite, and now Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's getting that kind of reviews from the, from the film snobs. And it's like, oh, well, all right, I'm, I'm dying to see this thing then. And so we, we had our date night, and we made it and about 20 minutes in, our phone started blowing up. I was like, oh. And uh, so apparently Shy <laughs> managed to trip over her own feet and uh, tumble face first into a patio coffee table mm. and was being rushed to the ER for stitches. So we had to leave and obviously go, you know, okay, yeah, we're on our way. <laughs> right, right. Um, she's fine. So that's did have, have those stitches. Did, yes, yeah. did have, a- have stitches. We saw the picture in the, uh, uh, oh, the the, the uh, uh, Mel had posted that she got stitches and she did a really good job. So yeah, if you if you saw on social media, she uh, she she's got a nice little shiner um, going on and uh, a little swelling and, and and head stitches. And of course, Jessie was beside herself because uh, you know she was just like you know oh my god it happened on my watch and it was like hey you know don't worry about it it's you know if you were negligent yeah I'd be mad but the bottom line is. 
she trips, she falls. And Shai falls so frequently, the fact that she has made it to age six without getting stitches until now, I'm, I'm kind of amazed by that. So, <laughs> um, but she was a trooper. She did pretty good. And, um, of course, then we had tickets to go to uh, Kearney, Missouri on Saturday to go to the Fun Farm, which is uh, it's kind of like Gary's Berries here where they've got it's a working farm. But they, uh, you know, during the fall, they do uh, uh, pumpkins and that, uh, at various other times they have strawberries and uh, an apple fest. And right now it's tulips. Um, so they've got, uh, you know, a bunch of bounce things and uh, the obstacle course and uh, games and a big slide and all, you know, all kinds of stuff for the kids. And then they've got rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of tulips that you can go and take beautiful photos in. And so here's shy with this shiner <laughs> and all of these photos surrounded by flowers. So of course we brought props. We've got, you know, giant sun hats and shades and <laughs> put this on your face. <laughs> Hide your eye. Looks like we beat you. <laughs> But uh, no, we had a good time. It was a long day. Um, we, we spent a lot more time there than I honestly thought we would. Um, and it's not, you know, you, you guys know me. I'm not an outdoorsy kind of, not, not my shtick. Um, but really had a lot of fun. And hunt the Easter eggs. You guys do Easter egg hunts? We did for the kids. For the kids? Mm-hmm. They had but three. I don't imagine yours are, you're, you're probably no, out of that stage now. I told you guys we went uh, a couple weekends ago, though, for my daughter's choir's easter egg hunt i don't know if we told you that couple we we did an easter egg hunt but it was it's 13 and older and it was at night and the eggs glow in the dark and you yeah you you pick them up and you uh if you whatever you find you open it up and there's like prizes inside and we unfortunately didn't find any because there were so many college-age kids there that are what faster than us it was a it was (laughs) it was a fun (laughs) It was a fun time, and it's a fundraiser for the schools. So that's pretty, much, or for yeah, for her choir department. So that was kind of why we went down there. It was in Emporia, and uh, so that's why we did it. But we did have fun, even though we didn't find any eggs. We had one. Uh, we we had the kids, all four grand kids, over um, Easter morning, and had planned to do one where we were going to go up on the hill here on the corner and 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 hide them. But then, of course, it rained, so instead we wound up, you know, kind of hiding them around the living room. Yep. And um, not the same. <laughs> we were able to squeeze the kids in, the morning one in, before the rain started, luckily. And then the evening one with my mom, the rain had long been passed, so we were able to get it in, in between the rain. Mm. Nice. Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. Well, uh, let's move on to our reviews. First up, uh, we're going to look at the animated episodes newly released in the U.S. or in the Region 1 North America, uh, the animations for the Galaxy 4 DVD and Blu-rays. 
of course we aren't going to do. Bum, bum. <laughs> I was just say, of course we aren't going to do a synopsis because <laughs> uh, we've already reviewed the story on the show, and you can go back to that episode and listen to what we thought of the story. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the animation. This is the same studio that did Fury from the Deep. Uh, Digitoons, I believe, is the parent company of that uh, studio that did it. And um, I think this is uh, probably. Let me think back. This is probably my favorite animation. Unfortunately, the 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 last, well, the second to last one that we're gonna get. But this was my. I, I think this was even better than their uh, Fury from the Deep animation. I liked the really bright colors of this one, uh, which it actually it really lends to it. You know, the story. Yeah, Fury Fury from the Fury from the Deep needed to be dark and have those more muted dark colors. This one works because yeah, it's on this foreign planet, and actually, this it almost feels like a. And I've always kind of felt that this episode felt uh, seemed like this, but now even more so with this animation, it feels like an original Star Trek, uh, original series Star Trek episode, just kind of on the look and feel, not necessarily the story itself, but just kind of the look and the feel and uh, the concept of it. And this made that even more so because it's so bright and colorful. Yeah, the production of it also almost has that. It feels like one of the Daleks movies, kind of that that sixties mm. style and you know sensibilities to it, and the animation really plays into that really well. I wasn't sure if I'd like the color, you know, because I'm a bit more of a purist. I, if it's in black and white, I want to watch it black and white. But the color in this just makes everything look and seem so much, much not only just grander, but just cooler and fits the aesthetic of the story itself yeah it's funny you mentioned star trek because i i was sitting there watching it and i think i remember thinking to myself that it it very much the animation is reminiscent not uh directly but just reminiscent in a way of the old filmation star trek cartoon yeah yeah and that it's kind of limited in a way but it, it uh, it's much more fluid actually than than what they did on that show and i think because of that element to it, along with the bright colors and the storytelling involved, that it is very Star Trekky. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's just this. I, once again, I'm reminded. I don't understand why fandom at large does not particularly care for Galaxy Four. I really enjoy uh, this story, but I think animation-wise, in many ways, this is a perfect candidate for for doing this. Yeah. I, I think you know we've got an alien planet. We've got all these, you know, different locales. Um, that, you know, they could play with. We've got robots, we've got clones, we've got, you know, ray guns and laser fights and aliens. And I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that they can go nuts with. Um, and it works. And, and like you, Keith, I think the color really just kind of worked well for it. Um, you know, despite I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, I usually like to try and watch them. Well, you know, I appreciate the color, but I want it in the black and white because that's what. But no, the color really worked well for it. I think in the and, in the in the days when they were trying to be as purist as they could, and and using the shooting scripts to animate it as close as it would have been. I think in those days, I preferred black and white because I really felt like I was trying to put myself in what it might have looked like back then. Now I think since they take a lot of liberties, they make the scope even grander. They make the shots feel less claustrophobic. I think now that they do that, I almost prefer the color, knowing that it's not exactly what was originally intended uh, from the television series. But 
if you're if you're gonna do that, then I think I enjoy the the color because then it feels like a a worthwhile new project, uh, even though it's using old dialogue, it's using old story, and for the most part, they they still consult. I mean, it's not like they go way off base, but they certainly take a lot of liberties. So I think to me, in fact, I liked Fury of the Deep and uh, even the Macra Terra. I, I preferred in color over black and white on both of those. Well, and those liberties they take, I think in this definitely benefit the story. Even the small things like the drop-ins being just slightly bigger and a little more otherworldly than just, you know, a head on a with, screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, um, the fact that they seem bigger and more genetically designed mm. as opposed to just, you know, standard sized people. Uh, I think that really benefits them. And the, the stuff they do with the chumblies to make them a little bit more, you know, functional yeah I think are some good ideas plus the landscapes they utilized for this was oh yeah phenomenal. some gorgeous backgrounds the, the, speaking I, speaking of the chumblies i did i like i i wasn't sure I, I liked it the first time i saw it but then i i really appreciated it the little arm thing that comes out it now has the little kind of claw on it and the mm-hmm. light is a, a little beam or a little little ignition in between the the points, as opposed to the little light bulb on the end of a stick. So I, I kind of liked that choice as well. I'd say if I had a complaint, I think it's probably that I did not like the animated version of the Chumblies quite as well as the CG Chumblies that we got in the 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 last recon that they put together for it, um, just because. I don't know, maybe because I saw that first, so I kind of had this image in my head of, well, this is what they should look like. Yeah. Um, and then animating them this way, the, the the big casters on the bottom, and really kind of, yes, this is what they had. It's like mm. <laughs> you could have you could have made them look a little more robotish versus a little less Doctor Who. But you know, like, what? Uh, okay. Was that in the official reconstruction that was truncated, or was that in the loose canon that they did the? The 3D animated ones. I think that was in the loose cannon. Okay, that's what was I, it the loose cannon. That's what I wondered because they did do a abbreviated version when they released the one episode that they found, which I think is episode three is the one that they recovered. Yeah, it's airlock is the one. Yeah, so. and it's on uh, time metal, I think. And they no, what was it? It was released with something else. Aztecs. Aztecs, Aztecs. Yes, you're right. And I remember them having a new construction but they didn't fully reconstruct the entire thing they just kind of cut it down and, and did a, a a shortened version of it but yeah i couldn't remember if it was the loose cannon one we saw that we liked the 3d animation I'm, I'm with you sean i think the 3d animation on those were really cool but i did appreciate what they did here for me i think that my only negative about it is the fact that it doesn't do anything for hartnell's doctor's reputation of being a grumpy old man because even when he's a little more upbeat and lighthearted in this he still has a really scowl on his face the whole time and i really kind of felt like there could have been a little more uh brightening of his face when he was not in the serious or dour moods um, but unfortunately, it just it remains the same throughout the whole thing. So even when he's a little more upbeat and sounding happier, um, it's he still comes across as grumpy just by the look. So that was my only my only complaint about it. You know, I didn't notice that, but now that you say it, but maybe it's just because I always kind of think of Hartnell as grumpy first. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought they had pretty good facial animations for him. It seems like they focused a little more on doing facial animations than they have in the past. See, I think I noticed it a lot on Steven and Vicky. They really, really had great facial animations. Mm-hmm. The doctors just seemed a little more stoic. They did. They, it was there. Don't get me wrong, but he just he still had sort of that kind of scowl on his face the whole time. Now, I don't remember. Did the, maybe it's because it was the the, the recon. Did does it, it ends the same, right? There we we get kind of an extended of um, Magra down on the planet, being left behind, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it does end there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, seeing it in 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 living color, as it were, um, was just devastating this time out. <laughs> I mean, it, it was really impactful. And I, I kept flashing back to her conversation that she's having where she's talking to the drones, although it's really more just kind of her talking to herself about we'll take off and we'll leave them there and they'll be there in the death throes of the planet. And the, I mean, she's foreshadowing and, and doing this whole thing about how grandiose it would be to die as the planet crumbled around you. And then to see it happen <laughs> was just like, <laughs> whoa. I mean, that's a heavy thing well, for a quote-unquote kids show. <laughs> visually, visually, I thought it was played up more. I mean, it, it looked that's the difference. yeah, it looked more visual in this, and because you know, rightfully so, because it can. Um, but I, all of the dialogue and everything's the same. It didn't feel like they pulled out any more uh, on it. But yeah, it's certainly a lot more impactful in the in the animation. I think yeah, just because you see it happening. I mean, obviously, you know, there's lava, and you know. There's a lot more going on that they, yeah. they could do with it. But, yeah, I just, again, maybe it was because we watched the the, the recon and it was just still images or something. I don't remember for sure. But I, I just, I w- it was really like, wow. <laughs> it, made, think, it made me like the story even more. Another really cool thing was whenever uh, she's uh, recalling their, how they got stranded there, um, uh, Maga when she's uh, Maga when she's uh, talking about how they both ended up on the planet, and while she's recounting the story, we get actually a visual flashback of that yeah. space space uh, battle. That was neat. Yeah, there was a lot to like in this yeah. one, and I, I agree. I, I still, I don't know. There's there's a soft spot for the invasion. <laughs> there will always be a soft spot for the invasion. I still think probably uh, uh, Moonbase might still be my favorite animation wise but uh this is certainly up there yeah i really liked i really liked what they did with it definitely a top top of the list this episode of traveling the vortex is sponsored by audible they have audiobooks they have novelizations and they have big finish so you can go and try it for free here's how simply go to audibletrial.com slash traveling the vortex again that's audibletrial.com slash traveling the vortex. Sign up for a free one month trial and dip your toe in big finish, and then you will be like us and know what all the hype is about. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash traveling the vortex. Sign up today. All right, well, let's move on to the uh, next part of our reviews, the uh, big one we've been waiting for for a long time. Legend of the Sea Devils. Sea Devil. In a swashbuckling adventure, the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan come face to fin with one of the Doctor's oldest adversaries. Come straight for us. 
the Sea Devils. That's impossible. Madame Ching! Paraquid! Where's the crew? Not yours. We don't stand a chance. Yes, did you just stand up like this? You're like a kid sometimes. Thanks! Say hello to my crew. The world has been disrupted. Because of you. Because of what you unleashed. You want to create chaos. It is our time. Man the cannons. The ship is going down. Ah, oh, this had so many elements. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying they never called it Amerka by name. <laughs> no, they call it something else by name. Yeah, it did have a different name. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's Amerka. Yeah. And, and in and it, of itself, it, it had too many that, eyes to be a merc. <laughs> it had like it big, three eyes on each. No, 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 no. Size, merca. yeah, size, know. size is not. You can't call it size because we learned from what was it, Blood Tide, that yeah, mercas full grown are like huge. Yeah, the one on the ship in Warriors of the Deep is a baby. Yeah, so, so this, you, this 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 is a full grown merca. It, it's not, but you can't, convi- you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> this is this is what we should have gotten in Warriors of the Deep. It would have never fit in the hallway, and no, she wouldn't no. have been able to karate no. kick it. But that's okay. <laughs> this is what they would look like, full grown, uh-huh. and they just didn't call it by name. And I'm okay with that. And that alone should warrant five stars for this <laughs> thing. But. I had some issues with some of the other things that went on. So somebody else start and let me know what your thoughts are and I'll percolate here just, well, just a little bit longer. I will say that it, it, it's a, I, it was a good story. It's a, well, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun story. Yes. There, there's yes. a lot of action in this. There's a lot of, uh, when, when you think of a doctor who's special, the element of, fun whimsical uh and and you know lighthearted sometimes and um uh, high stakes at others it's it's in here it's there and it's and it, it it it's it's right the the issues that i have with this is the characters aren't fleshed out well enough it feels very rushed from the beginning to the end and sometimes you're very much lost on where we where you are, what's happening. And I think it needed about probably it, it should have been an hour, maybe even a little longer to flesh out some of these details. Um, it seems like a lot of the dialogue gets lost in the really quick cuts to get to the next thing. And so I think it struggles from that. The another good thing is the design of the Sea Devil still looks amazing. Although, yeah. although I got very excited about what the potential it could have had with CGI in the trailer, but actually, when you watch this, it goes more the route. Now the eyes are probably animated, but it goes more the route of Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Is it felt a little bit more more to me in watching it. And I'm fine with that because I think it had that happy medium of utilizing the classic uh, Sea Devil's uh, look, but also still kind of bringing it into, into the modern world, into the modern series. And so I was fine with that. I was bothered f- initially by the 
lack of articulation of the, the mouth. However, and they never explained this, or if they did, I missed it, but the little uh, light-up piece on, on the chest was obviously being translated, and I kind of felt like maybe the, just the way the sea devils spoke, because they're water dwellers, their mouths are more gill-like rather than mm-hmm. opening and articulating. They, they kind of do this you know, gill uh, open close. And so when Which, I and they, they emphasize that fact with the neck moving every time they talk. Yes. Yes. So that worked for me after I, 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 after getting over the initial shock of, Oh, it's not actually going to articulate its mouth very much. Um, after that, I was, I was, I was, I was satisfied <laughs> with the fact that it wasn't <laughs> articulating. Um, I think that they could have leaned into the legend of, and I can't even remember the, the guy's name that the um jihun that's him jihun um which was arthur lee by the way um yeah i i I really felt like they should have leaned into that a little more and maybe again if they had had more time and didn't feel like they were a rush to get it by i we i think we could have had a lot more sympathy for that character i think we could have had a lot more uh, it could have been a heavier deal when he's, you know, casting his uh, crewmates over the side and, and, and making the quote unquote deal um, with the main um, sea devil guy. But I really kind of felt like that kind of got lost in all the chaos of what was happening. So I, I wish there was more to that. I also I appreciated the um, I appreciated the, the relationship that Madam Ching and uh uh, Yinky was that the other kid? Was that the kid? Yeah. Who they were? I I appreciated where they went from with that, but it it seemed to go too quick from you killed my father, or at the very least you were responsible for the death of my father. To oh you're going to be my mom in the ship. I mean it, it that just didn't feel like it was bridged well enough. And so I think that the, if again if they'd had about ten, fifteen, twenty more minutes to kind of flesh some of that out, I don't think it would have felt so. Uh, rushed and claustrophobic, but I I give it pretty good marks. I I had a good time watching it. I think it's an enjoyable story. You just you really have to you you have to struggle to kind of pull some of the elements of the story out of there because it's so fast paced. But overall, I I liked it. It was a good story. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, Glenn. It's it's very much a a popcorn special where you're just supposed to kind of sit back and enjoy the fun action adventure. I mean the the tagline for the episode is swashbuckle your seatbelt so i didn't go in expecting anything heavy or or deep coming out of it so i i wasn't disappointed that much at all with really kind of the story that they laid forward because it's a pretty good use for sea doubles and uh characters that we haven't really spent time in a situation we've never really spent time in uh pirate ships have not been a very big thing on Doctor Who before. So the fact that we're also having Asian pirate ships is really, I thought, really nice and nice diversity uh, inclusion from the history. Um, and the Sea Devil designs, I I like the updates. I think they all works very well. I think the overall plot of the Sea Devils and what their mission is uh, makes sense and is lined up with kind of what we know of Sea Devils and their, their usual M.O., um, I do agree that there are some character things that are glossed over a little too quickly just because they're rushing to try to get everything in. Yeah, from from the get-go, I, I have nothing but praise for the behind-the-scenes and production teams on this episode. 
the pirate ship was phenomenal. It, it, it's not only uh, one of the largest sets, apparently, that they have built for the show, but it's one of the most detailed I think we've seen. I just wish we'd have been able to actually see it a little bit because um, <laughs> it's done in such quick shots. Um, but it, the big it, fight at the end was done in a lot of quick shots, which I kind of wish it wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah. and the, 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 that for me is where a lot of this episode falls down is in the editing. But I'll get there. The, um, the, the, the ship is gorgeous and, and so impressive that they, I mean, this is Doctor Who we're talking about. And they built a pirate ship? Really? Yes, really. And it's amazing. The Sea Devil design, which I, I saw that it's actually, you're right, Glenn, it is a, it's, it's not a, a, a prosthetic, but it's a head that goes on over the actor. Um, and then I don't know how much of it is animatronic versus CG augmentation to it. But it's 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 a you know a headpiece. It looks phenomenal. It's it's a well done update to the original Sea Devil design, and and you know kind of like they did with the Zygons. It's brought it forward into the uh, modern times and just made it work. Uh, and I just and what's I, amazing I, is they didn't do a complete redesign like the Silurians. Yeah, I like the Silurians. It's not very invocative of the original design, and this totally is. This totally is, and it's just every time the every time the Sea Devil was on screen, I just my mouth was agape at just how good it looked. Um, and you know, the little voice box is like, okay, yeah, I can get on board with that. I do not have a problem with that at all. Um, I kind of missed the Sonic disruptors, but. We're doing a swashbuckling <laughs> pirate thing. Okay, swords, poisoned swords with lightsaber effects. Okay, cool. I can get behind that too. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, you know, because we, we've established they're all kind of cousins. So maybe this one has evolved slightly differently on this side of the earth. Okay, cool. Move on. Um, the storytelling was, was great. As you pointed out, Keith, I, I love the fact that we're doing something different and we're getting a, a new era and a um, this is apparently the pirate queen is a genuine character from history. Um, she apparently, uh, at one point in time had amassed one of the largest, if not the largest pirate fleet that sailed the earth. Yeah. And that's amazing to me. And it's like, yes, but it's one of those that you had to go and look this information up because it really wasn't covered in the episode because it's just name dropping. And if you know who she is, great. Fortunately, Dan knew a little bit about what was going on with uh, Jihan. But um, yeah, we don't have time to talk about that because we're in a rush to get through the adventure. And that, again, is where things start to fall apart is with so much of Jody's run we're going to deliver this big spectacle at such a breathless breakneck pace that we're not going to give it a chance to breathe. And here it is. And just, you know, it, I, I agree with you, Glenn, it needed like 10 more minutes to develop who these characters were and make me care yeah. about them and, and what the interactions were they're going on. The, the relationship between, between her and the kid, one more conversation between the two of them on the adventure where she says something and, and, and he responds and you can see him soften about the, you know, the father thing. Okay. That would have, that would have helped that transition there. Um, I don't know. There's, there was just, even the fight on, even the attack at the village 
is done in such quick cut edits. I mean, it gets the point across, yes. And we don't necessarily need a whole lot there, but it was just slash person down, slash person down, slash, and it's just boom, 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 boom. And it's very economical and it moves it along, but it, it happens at such a breakneck speed to kind of set things up. I don't mind that because it's an action scene, but then we never really get off that pace for the rest of the episode. Yeah. And it, it just, I, I, some of these things needed to slow down a little bit. Well, the thing is it doesn't, it doesn't slow down to let you catch up or catch your breath until the end when you, it's, it's unnecessary. I, I will probably talk about that in a little bit, and I appreciate that they did what they did, but I wanted more of, more of that kind of down moments to kind of, okay, let's bring the action down. Let's develop some character, then let's bring the action back up. I think there's a there's a pacing that you can do with that and make it yeah. work. But I, I think that's one of the things that has me excited for Russell T. Davis to take back over is I think he's the only one that got the kind of spectacle, uh, whimsical uh, stories right. He, visually, his are edited and paced really well. Um, I think he wasn't as strong of a storyteller as, say, Stephen Moffat, but Moffat was more cerebral and his, even his high adventure, exciting stuff didn't feel as well or as well polished as Davis. And I think Chibnall struggles from that as well. I think Chibnall struggles from a few things. I just don't think this is his, I don't think this is his ballpark. Uh, I think he, he has written some good things in the past, but it's just overall, it's he, I just don't know that he knows how to I and I and it, it may not even have been all of him because he didn't direct this one. Obviously, I mean, we we had a different director for this. This was uh, uh, I hadn't heard of this person. Uh, How Lu Wang uh, directed this one, mm-hmm. but uh, and then he wasn't even the full writer on it. He uh, Ella Road co wrote this with her with him. But yeah, I just I, re- I really kind of feel like sometimes he's out of his element with these spectacle pieces. Well, and the few times he does slow it down is to focus on the doctor and Yasmin relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Which so is let's talk about the doctor and Yaz. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Let's you guys. talk about the doctor and Yaz. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that since I think I'm, I'm of two minds of this because I was all right with them addressing the, uh, addressing it in the last story. But I, 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 I think that maybe catering to the shippers, and I don't have a problem with people shipping Yaz the Doctor. I have, I have nothing wrong with that. And if they see that relationship in the store in the show, then that's great. But I think, and I, and I even kind of applauded the fact that we were addressing it in uh, Eva the Daleks. Is that what that one was? The last mm-hmm. special? Yeah. And then they addressed it in that. But now that we've taken it to a point and we, we're running out of time, I kind of feel like maybe if Chibnall was going to do this, this should have been done more organically earlier in the series rather than here the reaction from the shippers and then say, okay, let's see if we can sculpt this into the story. And so I think unfortunately waiting so long to sculpt it into the story, it doesn't work because now we have this wonderful moment between the doctor and Yaz, but it feels like 
we we're just now exploring this relationship in a, in a different way, but I've got to cut you off because I can't, you know, I, 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 and all of her reasons for doing so are right because she's learned in the past, in past lives of <laughs> the consequences that that can have. But it just feels like there's now we've got this quick turnaround because we're about to bid Jody farewell. And so we really can't, we've got to close this chapter when we didn't really even open it correctly to begin with. We just kind of shoved it in the middle. So I don't have a problem with him having a relationship. I hope nobody thinks that I have a problem with that or having something between them or, or, you know, even, even a, a, a love between each other. I just think that it's, it, it's almost too little too late to go there. It feels the whole storyline. It feels like an afterthought. Yeah. There you go. As opposed to a main storyline and it should be treated better than that. Yeah. It deserves more attention to it and more development to it than what they're getting. That I think is the biggest issue um, is if we're being reactionary and this is in fact something that, you know, was spawned out of a reaction to the shippers, then in a way this is maybe the best handling of it because, okay, we've brought it up. We've shown that it's a thing. Yes. We've shown that it's not just one-sided, which we've kind of had before Yeah, the doctor shares the interest, but the doctor has also said, I can't get attached because of this and it hurts too much. And can't we just enjoy the moment? And then you get the bit at the end about, I wish this could go on forever so that she does have that longing for a, a relationship of some sort. So in a way, yes, that's the, 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 a nice way to handle it. Agreed. That, that we're, we're giving you what you want, but we're also not letting you have it for very, very valid character reasons within the, 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 the construct of the doctor as a character. I 100% agree that it's too little too late and that if we're going to take this step and actually have the doctor reciprocate feelings of a companion, specifically in a same-sex situation, that this should have been thought about and set up and planned and nurtured from day one. Yeah. Because yeah. you're really short shifting it and it's not fair. It, it's, it's extremely frustrating from that regard that, you know, it, it, it's something that is new and is unheralded within the 50 some odd years, 60 years now, almost of Dr. Who history to actually Okay, let's go there and see what happens. And if you're going to do it, I mean, you know, this is the guy who has broken <laughs> so much of Doctor Who. And I use that term loosely, but you know, realistically, if you're going to rewrite all of the rules, well, why not this one too? But 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 do it. Don't don't half ass it, you know what I mean? And it, it just feels like it's a little you, you didn't really want to commit to it. Like if that was a bridge too far, yeah. it was like, eh, so it's, it's very frustrating. Okay. I thought the moments that we did get were beautifully played. Um, so, uh, both, uh, uh, Jody and, um, why can't I never think of her name? Mandip. Mandip. Uh, I, I, th I thought played off each other very, very well. Um, and 
at least on Mandip's case, the, the 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 longing and the heartbreak was was palpable. I mean, it was it was there. It was very raw um, and, and and emotionful there. But um, it just it it also came at and we were going back to the pacing when we did slow down to have that. Moment, it was an odd transition that it, 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 it felt like, okay, here we go. We have to talk about this. This is the elephant in the room and we're going to address it. But it didn't feel like maybe it was a natural place to have that conversation because we were still, there was still a ticking clock going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in, in some regards, yes, you want that because that gives you the opportunity to get out of that conversation. But it, it I don't know. It, it just, um, you want a nice ebb and flow. You want to be able to 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 speed up and have the action scene and then slow down and have a character beat and then speed up and have an action scene and slow down and have a character beat. And that's something that RTD does very, very, very well, I think, in, in his action extravaganzas. Um, and this just didn't quite nail it. It, yeah. it felt like it was kind of shoehorned in there. And then we get the extended scene at the end, which, after everything that had come before, uh, it was, I, I don't want to say a downer, but it was kind of a, it definitely was a downbeat yeah. for, for the episode to end on. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's appropriate for the penultimate to, you know, go into a big finale um, to kind of give you a breather in that regard. But I don't know. It just, it was, it was, it was just frustrating. And it was, that, that really kind of sums up the whole episode. Cause there were so many things I wanted to like so many things that, were cool some right. of the things that were like oh yeah it just didn't gel together right. as a cohesive episode for me going back to mandip's performance she did such a good job throughout all of this episode and her facial expressions not just there and the heartbreak that she had in her face but just some of the she would convey whole sentences with just a look on her face yeah at, at points and even just in background acting, the facial expression she would give would tell such a whole story on all of its own. It was so fantastic. Like the moment where somebody asks, says something about the doctor and she's like, eh, she has that look of not really, he, she doesn't know what she's doing. But it's such a subtle <laughs> thing that if you're not paying attention to her, you don't notice it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and props to Dan as well for essentially being the kid. Of the episode <laughs> because yeah he got dressed as a pirate and then yeah. he got to go be a pirate <laughs> and apparently he's a very excellent swimmer apparently because that ship was way out there yeah <laughs> i was also happy that we got uh at least the beginnings of a little bit of resolution and a potential happy ending for dan yeah 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 that was nice I, I hope I am not being set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we have been taken right up to that uh, resolution before, only to have it yanked away. So, A lot of these sort of things, like the stuff with the Doctor and Yaz, and even this stuff with Dan, feels like it's plot points he wanted to have, but didn't get to have a full season to do them in. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can like, see Like that. he originally had wanted to do a whole nother season with Jody and then the pandemic and yeah. everything else that happened and they decided to move on. And so he's trying to cram those, these beats into 
three specials or two specials instead of spreading them out over a season. Yeah, I can see that. And, well, that's I, entirely I, possible. I, I don't think it's cramming them just into these specials. I think that the, he probably tried to achieve some of that in flux, but well, yeah, like the stuff with Dan and Die, right, obviously, right. Yeah, there wasn't as much of the Yaz stuff that I noticed in flux, but I'd have to go back and rewatch it now yeah. that they've acknowledged it. Well, can we talk about the uh, next time on Doctor Who yet? Because I'm so excited! <laughs> That's one thing Chibnall knows how to do really well, is craft a teaser. Tease, yeah. Man. <laughs> so as excited as I was for Legend of the Sea Devils, before I saw Legend of the Sea Devils, multiply that by like a gajillion, <laughs> and that's how excited I am for the next one. It is holy shnikes. It, it 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 does say something for me though that I watched it and I saw Ace and I went, "Yay, Ace is back!" And then it occurred to me, "Wait a minute, that other person looked familiar too." And I had to back it up to figure <laughs> out who it was, and then realized, "Oh, that's Janet Feely." <laughs> Her hair is so much different. I just it, it threw me off, and so raises oh. hand shamefully and admits, "Me wow. too." And it just <laughs> I, as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, "Whoa." Yeah, so, well, I think that's what made me think, oh, that other person's familiar, too. I think it might have been the voice. And then I went, oh, wait a minute. Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, right, to the point where she said, uh, I've had to deal with four decades of something. And then Ace said, I haven't heard from the doctor in four Oh, decades. that's it. And he said, she says that it's been three decades for me. So. Well, and what throws you is she says, Ace, I haven't seen the doctor in four decades. And so you're just thrown by, whoa, Ace. <laughs> and you're paying attention to what's on the screen because right. you're so caught off guard by the fact that she's talking to Ace. And I think that's probably why I didn't recognize her right away. Well, and that's coming on the heels of Flash, Dalek, Flash, Cyberman, Flash, Master. <laughs> oh, and Companions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stuffed to the gills it will be. Yeah. I, well, let's hope that they give them the time to let this one breathe. <laughs> I am suitably excited. They've given previous regeneration stories a little more extra space. That's true, and I'm, maybe they maybe that was a sacrifice. Maybe they had to give up some time of this one in order to be able to lend that time to the next story. I don't know. I'm really kind of hopeful that maybe this is like. I know it's not, but I, in my head, like maybe there's a special edition. Like when it comes out on on physical media, there will be an extended cut, <laughs> and we'll find out that for commercial reasons, there was like 15 minutes that got cut out of the episode, and we'll all go, "Oh, this is what it was supposed to be like." Okay, <laughs> I doubt it. I, I don't know. I know, I but I, man, I'm hopeful. <laughs> Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? 
Well, coming up on the schedule, enough of this uh, new episode nonsense. We're going back, back to the time war. And uh, we return with the War Master, Hearts of Darkness, all four stories in that box set, which is the War Master 5, for those of you keeping track at home. Followed by the War Master Anti-Genesis, which is the War Master 4. So in a little bit of uh, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, uh, vortex uh, boys at work. <laughs> but, uh, our standard MO, let's not do anything. Yeah. Can't do it simply. Uh, and then uh, changing things up a little bit, because instead of doing one box set, we're going to cobble several of them together. Uh, after that, it goes to uh, the War Master story, box set one, story one, only the good beneath the viscoid. And then Gallifrey Time War, The Devil You Know, which is from Time War Set 1, but it's Story 3, followed by Story 4, so Desperate we'll, Measures. So we'll be picking back up with where we left off. Right, because we have listened to the first two in that set. Right. That's coming up next. We are still in the uh, uh, middle of Act 1 of the Time War, which we intend to carry through the rest of this year. So we hope you like the Time War, because we're, <laughs> we're discussing it a lot. Well, we'll and, obviously uh, take a break at the no next special, too, but. As, as time goes on. <laughs> All right. We'll be sure to catch up and uh, check out our website, travelingthevortex.com, for updates. If you get any value out of this podcast, please consider putting some value back into it. You can do that by clicking on the Patreon, Patreon link on our page. Also consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. And make sure you join in the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook. Uh, anything else we need to do before we close this show? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.